Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. It's a beautiful morning in Fredericton, New Brunswick, where the podcast is recorded in podcast headquarters at Planet Hatch. Thank you very much to the good folks from Planet Hatch to continue to allow us to use their space here. You know, we're about to take a journey into a world that I have got intimate knowledge with. Well, I shouldn't say intimate. There's some pieces I have intimate, the other ones I don't. But what we're going to talk about today is a very, very, very much a pain point in this industry. And I'm really keen on digging deeper and deeper. We're really thrilled to have a corporate sales manager turned research tech entrepreneur. Chris Snoyer is the co-founder and CEO of Spiffy, which is an app that educates servers and bartenders on beer, wine, spirits, and menu items. The company is aiming to remove the negative stigma attached to training by replacing tools like paper quizzes in in in-person seminars with more convenient and effective mobile-based communications. Also as a contributor to various restaurant publication and the organizer of Toronto's restaurant tech meetup, Chris, Chris spends his time educating restaurant operators on the impact technology can have on a restaurant's bottom line. On today's podcast, we will talk to Chris about working closely with that niche market and vast, vast market. Chris, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. 
Thanks, Rivers. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's really great. I, 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 you know, you're really tapping into a market, a niche that is uh, very prevalent, of course, in the in uh, in the world, let alone in our own backyard in North America. Um, I'm curious as to uh, how'd you get to, how'd you get focused in on not just the restaurant industry, but specifically with tech associated with the industry. Yeah, it's a funny one because the answer is never what people expect here. I, I have uh, <laughs> I have served and bartended a little bit myself, actually in uh, in New Brunswick oh, most cool. recently. Yeah, where um, where at? At the St. John Ale House. Oh was, yeah, uh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, I was doing uh, doing a co op gig with the Irvings, which I'm sure you know well. And, yes. Uh, yes. Tending bar as well. So cool. as far as how I got into it, my last uh, my last full time sales gig, I was actually selling prepaid Visa cards on behalf of a few of the big banks. Um, which is not the route you thought I was going to go, but no. Uh, so they're like a most a typical use case is you know a company like Nike might buy buy some cards and throw their logo on it and give uh, it to a sport check employee, yeah. reward them for selling their stuff. And so I tried to take that model to a brewer, a large brewer, and I said, "Hey, it's you know super competitive selling beer. Why don't you give a card to a general manager of a restaurant and reload it when he's moving kegs of your product, so that he's going to talk to his staff about you know." pushing your product and stuff like that. And, cool. uh, he, what he told me is that's super illegal. So <laughs> yeah, but I love the idea. <laughs> so, so I didn't realize that, right. I had only ever served. I hadn't managed a restaurants, but where yeah. that conversation went was towards training because yes. they're not allowed to pay people to sell beer, but they're allowed to reward them for learning about products ah. and people who know more about products are more likely to sell them. So the genesis of Spiffy was that conversation kind of went in a few different directions since, but did stay kind of core to that training on, on product knowledge in the front line. At, at restaurants. So how does Spiffy work? So uh, the app itself is free. We give it out to restaurants for free and it's loaded with uh, some basic information that every server maybe should already know or, or would bump up their knowledge a bit. It's things like what's an ale, what's a lager, how do you make an agroni, what pairs well with a Merlot. Yes. Um, all of that information is delivered in short bursts of video and has quizzes attached to it. Uh, once we've done that and, and started to amass a little bit of an audience, we then take it back to those brewers that I had the initial conversation with and they're able to log in and see which restaurants are part of our audience. And if they've just launched a new IPA, they could drop a module into that specific restaurant and say, you know, do you know the cool story behind our brand? Do you know that our beer is hoppy, citrusy, uh, and pairs well with grilled meats? Um, so that's where the company ourselves, where we start to make a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, and then if the restaurant wants to use it internally, uh, they can also upload their own uh, menu items. They can load their steps of service, uh, any specials they have going on, or in, in some cases, um, it's even used for kind of pulse checks and things like that and engagement on the front line. Is it, um, so I see the revenue from the supplier perspective. Does the restaurant, if they want to upload their menu items, uh, uh, begin to send you revenue at, at that point? Yeah, we do charge a small subscription fee. We charge uh, $4 per user per month if they want to upload their own content. And at that point, they can load uh, as, as much as they'd like. Who's your first customer, if you could tell me that? Uh, our first customer was uh, well, it was before the business model sounded like it did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never. It's I always love the bankers when they say, what's your business plan? I don't know. What do you want it to be? Because it's never <laughs> yeah. what you expect. Yeah, exactly. Um, when we got started, our first uh, our first dollar of revenue actually came from an American company. Uh, it was a fast casual chain called uh, Piata, which kind of bills themselves as like an Italian Chipotle. Yes, very cool. Yeah. How'd you get that one? Um, cold call. Yeah, uh, cold called the director of training. He liked what we were working on. He had uh, it was timely. He had a menu flip coming up, um, so we we got it done. Um, 
Yeah. Did you uh, and did you get and, and what I'm, what I'm you'll, you'll understand the flow where I'm getting here in a second. Did you have to get into hey you know we'll give you a deal so you can be our pilot so then we could get the testimonial live testimonial of a credible customer. No, they, they paid us full pop and it was American dollars. So it was even better. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, good for you. And then of course you, you did use that going forward is now I've got a good testimonial from a customer. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, yeah. very. And that's, that's really important. Um, did, um, from a, from a sales perspective, it's one of the things that I notice uh, or see a lot with entrepreneurs is that they really don't know how to properly sell uh, their products. They're very good technically, but when it comes to ultimately engaging and, um, and encouraging a sales uh purchase. Um, they really, you know, just kind of, uh, they, they don't know how to do it in my perspective. So Mike, I'm curious when this guy down in, or was it a guy or girl down in at the, it was the, a guy down yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. Go yeah. Buckeyes, by the way. Go, go Buckeyes. I love it. So, um, <laughs> tell me, did you, did you go see him or did you do it all remotely? Uh, I did go see him, but actually not until uh, the, we had already completed, we had done the deal. So um, we did it all remotely. Yeah. Um, w- the day before they launched, I went down and, and did the handshakes and stuff like that. Yeah, very cool. What's the subscription cost for a restaurant? Uh, minimum 50 bucks a month, but it's it's four bucks per user per month. So if they've got you know 15 users, it's 60 and it scales kind of as they grow. Yeah, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so let's get back to the world of technology in uh, to restaurateurs, the owners, the managers. You know, typically, you know, one, it's difficult to get them to, uh, I guess, gravitate towards more technology. Yes, there's technology in place now, but then it's even more difficult to get them to actually use it. So you've got, you've, you've got that process where I, th- you know, I can instantly see the value proposition real easy. It's an easy entry point free of charge. Um, so when they start to, when you get a couple of clients, how do you get them to actually engage and what's the motivation behind them that your strategy to get them to actually use it with their, uh, with their staff? I'm saying at the very basic level, so they get to play around with it. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a very good question because that is the hardest thing about our job. Um, I mean, you know, with some restaurant experience, they've been doing a lot of things the same way for a long time. Yes. Um, so a lot of a lot of the action and a lot of the, the spurring of the action and the way that, that people kind of cling to us early on uh, is because a lot of them know that they need change. Um, you know, there's that, that increased uh, wage is coming soon and that's going to put a lot of pressure on restaurants. So they are they do want to find new ways to do things that are a little bit more efficient. Uh, I think we've done a good job with our business model of making it accessible to restaurants of all sizes. You know, that first client, they were a, a chain with 30, 40 locations. Yes. Um, but a lot of the interest that we get is from uh, small independent restaurants mm-hmm. where, you know, they've looked at the Boston pizzas of the world who have, you know, spent tons of money and employed their own engineers to build uh, their own inter- internal tools. But these independent restaurants don't have access to that. So uh, we've kind of changed that and actually... Um, you know, one of our one of our favorite clients is an ex Boston pizza guy nice. um, who who was just really happy to see that someone had made this available for for the kind of the, for the little guys who need that help. Yeah, and so you got the you got the engagement piece happening from the manager's perspective, but uh, then how do you do it with the actual employees? So um, so that they're using it. Do you, is there a, yeah? Is so a, we've is got a, a different. Sorry, to interrupt. Is there a different strategy for them versus the manager? 
Yeah, we're working on a bunch of stuff, and that's a that's a riddle we're we're still trying to solve. We do have a mechanism within our within our app where uh, they can be rewarded directly within it, right. uh, either, either from their employer for completing the training um, or from the from the brewer if they want to deliver a reward. Um, we will be amping that up to include um, a little bit more. Right, like we want to get a points based system going where they're you know earning points to cash in for uh, things like concert tickets and stuff like that. Right. Um, we're also looking at some stuff on a larger scale where you know there's a lot of restaurant tech out there right now we're trying to work on some partnerships where we can get some kind of cross-platform rewards where if they're engaging with a bunch of tools that will make them better and will lift this industry up a little bit that we're rewarding them for that yeah i think uh boys you get a lot of a lot of uh uh, pieces of the puzzle in front of you that ultimately can can create a, a very cool picture going forward with strategic partnerships or just going on your own. Um, who's uh, I mean I, I'm, I just I say I mentioned I would just go places with this. Um, again, I get the concept. I get where you're at right now. What's are you digging down and saying? Okay, this is we're going to run with what we got now for two to three years and really entrench ourselves in the marketplace. Or you're looking at, at, at value adds to what you have in place right now. No, we're we're always looking to improve. We had um, I had an hour and a hour and a half on the call. Uh, sorry, on a phone with a client yesterday or with a prospect. Yes. Um, entirely going through their wish list. You know, made some jokes about it being Christmas and said, you know, if you could build the perfect platform, what would it have? Um, because we don't want to be another one of those platforms that kind of just sits there and lets mm. their clients kind of figure out how to do it. So we're constantly talking to other restaurant tech companies about other ways we can work to better work together to help improve uh, you know operations in these restaurants. Can I? Can I? bring in a piece of what you're doing um, you know and do, do you have an API where I can plug in some of your scheduling data into our app so we can start to be mm. a more of a you know, total communications because, you know, one issue that we find right now, and, and it's not necessarily an issue, but it, it does slow down our engagement a little bit is um, we're a supplement to uh, what they're doing right. in some cases. Like if we look at just that initial, um, that initial training on the ales and the loggers and the Negronis, that is something that they want their staff to know. Yes. And it's free. It's free. So of course, why wouldn't they do it? Of course. And the answer is that they're very, very busy. Yes. So it's not, while it is an issue and us as consumers want to deal with staff that are knowledgeable, that's not something that's actually keeping them up at night. What is keeping them up at night is, you know, when their staff doesn't necessarily know that uh, a certain soup has peanuts in it and someone gets, gets sick. Maybe there's not a lot of peanuts in soup, so that's a bad example. But, um, Anyways, the, that initial stuff is not necessarily like a need to have. So we're trying to find ways where we can replace other lines of communication where there's a lot of restaurants that might use Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or, or things like that as tools to communicate. We want to bring that all within Spiffy um, so that we can kind of be that one app where they go for all information about what they need to do in the restaurant. Why the name Spiffy? Good question. Uh, <laughs> so that if you go back to that initial conversation about uh, rewarding people for learning, yes. Um, it, as a sales professionals listening in might be familiar with the term spiff, which yeah. is a uh, it's a small payment for mm, a sale. Mm. Ours was not a small payment for a sale, but it was a small payment for learning that will impact sales. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah the spiff. I love it. I didn't even get. I was thinking of fast for some reason, and uh, yeah, good for you guys. I mean, you're living right in that world where people will understand it. Um, you're the uh, you're the co-founders. Your uh, other co-founders still with you? Uh, he's still doing some work for us on the tech side. He's the one who built it all. Yeah. Um, 
Still involved. Still see him every week, um, but uh, not on it full time. So we backfilled him a little bit. Yeah. So uh, when you were originally uh, uh, building this uh, this idea, uh, were you? It was your idea. So then you obviously went and found a um, um, or identified a spot that you weren't good at, and that's why you went out and got this this individual. Or was there another reason? I'm, what I'm ultimately getting to is the how the co-founder ship started, uh, because a lot of our a lot of our listeners that's what happens they get do you know there's our there are co-founders and uh what are some some uh some best practices that you went through that you would recommend for for co-founders that are going through the process right now and some don't freaking do this (laughs) i can yeah well i mean for me as far as like how that was square one for me so i knew i couldn't write more than you know i might be able to add a text box to a website but beyond that i can't write any code so uh, i knew i was going to need somebody or i was going to be spending some serious coin to have this built um i also uh, had talked to enough founders who said like it's a it's a battle uh you know don't go and don't go into it alone if you know i mean don't don't bring someone on just to bring someone on. But if you can find a partner, that'll help you a lot. Um, and I would definitely say that they were correct on that. Um, just cause you've got like, you were, you're starting a new company. Like there yeah. are so many thoughts and ideas that are going to come through your head and they're not all going to be good ones. So what I really liked about my co-founder is that he was very strong technically. Um, but he was also a guy who you could easily have a business conversation with and say, Hey, Oh, I had this, you know, I had this great idea. And he'd be like, no, that's not a great idea because if we do that, then this will happen and this will happen and this will right. happen. It's like, okay. You're right. I'm glad you're here. So it's important to have that sounding board. Some people can do that without a co-founder. If you've got a great network around you of mentors mm. and stuff like that. Right. Um, but I would definitely suggest getting one. Yeah. The key as is, as, the, the key is, sorry, ulti- yeah, sorry. The, the key is ultimately to get somebody that compliments you. Doesn't something I see a lot with, with particularly those in the web design world, you know, they're all just great web designers and they get together to start a business and pretty soon they're fighting over creativity versus running the business. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I, I think that's a really cool reference point. So, uh, so sorry, keep going. Well, I was, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I think it is really important to have some people that complement each other. I was talking to a team the other day that's about to get started on something and there's three of them and none of them are technical. Right. Like, that's super, that's really difficult. I think mm-hmm. like, you know, what, what are you guys all going to be doing? <laughs> you know, cause early on, like there's, there's a lot of work to be done. Yes. But, um, you're not going to have a product, so you don't need three sales guys cause you don't have anything to sell. So I, I, it was just, uh, it's interesting to me. I think really it is important to find that good fit. Um, and I think that's, true even beyond once you've started like for us right now if i'm um you know i think in the next year or so i'd like to make a, a very senior hire and and, and that's not something that, that's a really hard thing for me to post a job for yes uh, but that person that i'm looking for is someone who's good at everything that i'm not right Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it, 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 and and my audience would have heard this a gazillion times, but it, Tom Brady doesn't typically catch the ball. He's the guy that <laughs> he, the guy, he's the guy that passes it off at some way level. So, and uh, you know, you just got to have those compliments around you. Um, Chris, you're a uh, you're a regular contributor to various restaurant publications. Um, you know, one uh, is that part of your your communication strategy. And two, um, um, how did you go about getting permission to to contribute as a uh, as a as a writer? The reason I ask this question is is that I, I think it's an excellent excellent form by which you can be perceived as being an expert in your industry. And I don't think a lot of people actually actually even consider it. So, can you explain that journey a bit for us? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I guess, I mean, initially there's a, there was one big thing that, that helped with that, but initially I think what people need to understand on that front is it's kind of like a sales job. Like you're trying to fill a need for somebody. And if you're talking to the editor of a magazine, their job is to fill the magazine with content. Right. And they don't, they don't always have all of that content at their disposal. So if you come in and say, Hey, I have an idea for a post that I think fits your needs. Do you guys need a, something written about this? Cause I would be happy to do it. You're helping them. Yes. And I think a lot of people always feel like it's a take thing when you're getting published published in an article, but you are really helping them kind of achieve their goals as well. So I think taking that approach in general helps. What helped me is uh, early on, we started that restaurant tech meetup. And uh, initially right. that was just something where I said, you know, I'm calling all these restaurants and they're getting a ton of these phone calls for all this technology. And, and while I think that a lot of these partners would all help these people, they don't have time to evaluate it all. Uh, so what if we just put together an event where it's more kind of their speed. We got some beer, we got some pizza, we're meeting some people and we each just give a quick five, 10 minutes. Here's who we are, what we do and why you care. Brilliant. And they can then, if they're interested, can go talk to three or four of those companies in the next few minutes and, and quickly assess that rather than getting off of the floor of their restaurant every 10 minutes during mm. a busy rush. Mm. Uh, so that was the initial idea and, and it grew. I mean, it's a, a you know, by most accounts, I'd say it's a pretty successful event. We usually get uh, somewhere between 50 and a hundred people out to each event. Fabulous. Uh, everybody learns something. I always meet somebody new and, um, you know, through running that, I think that that's helped me position myself well with some of the publications and some of the groups, uh, the restaurants, Canada's of the world, the Ormas of the world, um, where I can go to them now. And because I'm working with all of these tech companies, I'm in a position where I understand some of the things that are kind of coming down the pipe, not just through Spiffy, of course, but with all of the great companies out there, mm. there's so many great, you know, you know, reups, a fellow DMZ company doing some good stuff in the loyalty space, feedback being an app that's uh, a food ordering system that, you know, gives back to charity. And there's a bunch of great stuff like that going on right now. Um, and I, I can go in there and, and be a bit of an advisor to them on some of those things rather than just being spiffy, 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 Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris, me, me, me. Yes. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really brilliant. I, a couple of things come to mind is, uh, that I want to talk about with regards to that is, is okay, from your growth, you've, Buckeyes was uh, – the Buckeye country was uh, was – it was your first customer. Um, the the meetup uh, for the rest and the restaurant tech meetup is in your backyard, which is where against our I, I, uh, we're, we're Toronto based. Okay, Toronto based. So, but as you grow and bring other customers in from you know say North America, is the restaurant tech meetup strategy going to be one of your one of your uh, your go tos as you begin to grow into other markets? Can you can you do that? Could do that. I don't know that it'll be part of the strategy. Um, there are, I know there are some groups like us in San Francisco and New York. Um, I would say more likely are we, we have a bit of a partnership play that, that, uh, you and I can chat about. That's probably more so how I'll grow my reach into the other tech kind of friends that are out there and cool. remain kind of current on what's going on. Yeah. Love it. So um, let's, let's dive in, go for it. So, um, I mean, uh, you, you, thank you very much for the intro today. Your, your, your welcome message of, you know, Spiffy is an app that educates on beer, wine, spirits, and menu items is very much what we're out there talking about uh -huh. today with restaurants as far as where it's going. We're starting to have more and more conversations about, uh, you know, what else do people need to learn on the front line? Uh -huh. what, what else, uh, who else has an issue communicating with frontline restaurant employees? Yes, yes. And, and it, and it is a lot of these partners that I've that I'm talking about. So uh, a company like a Touch Bistro, for example, which is a tablet-based POS company, um, you know, they have a training issue too. So I mean, right now they're 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 
their current process would be to do it. And most people's current process when they onboard a new restaurant to their, their tech would be to do a one-on-one intensive for a couple hours with the owner or the, the GM and hope that they absorbed it. Hope that they then teach all of their staff, uh-huh. hope their staff are listening. And then as you know, with turnover, hope that their staff are still there a few weeks later. Right. So while they have a great product, they, there's a restaurant turnover, you know, there's ultimately there's a diluted training message or a disappearing training message. Yeah. Uh, so we're saying to them, hey, why don't you load some modules into Spiffy because we can deliver a video and a quiz about anything that helps them understand how do you troubleshoot a broken printer? How do you split a check? How do you add a special request? Things like that. So they're not getting as many support calls for things that could quite easily be be handled via mobile. Right, right, right. So, so, so in that in that case, but you're still sticking within the restaurant uh, market niche in order to in order to offer other. You're looking at other uh, other avenues. Um, you know, I'll call them sports stadiums and so on as as part of that. Is uh, is uh, is that is that fair to say that's part of the growth? Uh, not, not in the, not in the short term or even medium term. We're pretty focused on restaurants. Um, we know it's an industry that there's a lot of room for us to help and, and to have a real impact. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it is still restaurant focused and T- touch bistro is entirely restaurants as well. Although some of the POS partners that we speak to do cross industries. Yes. Um, but for us, ultimately it's about getting to the point like turnover is huge in restaurants. You yes. know that, yeah. um, we want to get to the point where somebody can hire someone and say, Hey, congrats on the new gig. You start next Thursday. Go home, download Spiffy, and join our team. There's going to be, you yeah, know, yeah. Well, there's going to be some modules in there for you. By the time you come in for your first shift, you're going to know what PS do we, what POS system do we use, and how do you use it? Brilliant. What, how many taps do we have? What beers are on tap? What's on the menu? You're, st- we're not going to take out that human component of the training entirely. No. There's still going to be that little bit of shadowing. Sure. But do you need, to, do you need to have someone shadowing the expo station for three hours so they know what all the dishes look like? Yeah. Or could you send them a short 30 second video that describes all of the elements and exactly what it's supposed to look like when it hits the table? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Right. And it's, and it's also the ability I can go back. I can go back again and again and again to be able to evaluate that or sorry, to be able to learn from it. Uh, and, uh, and so, um, you know, one thing you mentioned a little earlier about the, the tech meetup and I thought it was very brilliant. I was talking to, um, um, a tech entrepreneur yesterday from the, he was at the SAS North conference and, uh, and he was talking about just the thing that you just referenced is about getting people together, learning from them, engaging with them and, uh, just using that as a means to not only sell, but as you say, learn and and broaden your network. So, you know, I think a big shout out to that whole meetup strategy, I think is, uh, is really, really important. Um, so, uh, when you talk about, when you, when you talk about, uh, sales going forward, um, you know, you're talking about partnerships and, and so on. Um, one of the things that, that I always teach entrepreneurs is never lose that touch point with the customer. So are you bringing in partners to help you grow your, your network and they have the touch point with the customers or are you planning on getting them to be able to bring you customers and then you you maintain that relationship? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the plan for us is is for for them them to be bringing us customers while kind of while we're helping them. So in in the case of a POS company, um, we offer our platform at a rate 
to a partner like that that would be uh, lower than it would cost them to build their own tool. So yes. it allows them to keep focusing on being the best POS company they can be. Yes. Um, we'll handle that piece for them. Um, and it helps our mutual goal of restaurant success. So the idea is that they onboard them. We, we then can reach out and say, hey, your team just learned about this POS via Spiffy. Did you know there's this other information available already to them? And if you would like to load more, uh, here's what's going on. Here, here's how that works. Right, right, right. Um, but, but, they, but they haven't lost touch with their partner. Yes. It's a new hot. It's a new lead for us, but they they all they've done is help them on board a little bit better. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Love it. Um, talk about long term engagement. You know, business is a is a is a is a dating game to me. And uh, how do you how do you plan on nurturing those relationships? It's not a you know nice to meet you. Here's your here's your Spiffy app, and away you go. How do you incorporate that uh, long term relationship building with your customers? And do you mean, sorry, with, uh, with the restaurant yeah, customers? Sorry, the or restaurant, the yeah, the, the restaurant customers. Yeah, the restaurant side, it depends which route they go. Um, a lot of restaurants that we see signing up now are going kind of immediately for that subscription service because the bigger pain point for them is uh, is on that internal bit of training. Yes. Once once we've helped them through that initial phase, where you know there's there's we have, we help them convert. Uh, like our biggest issue is is they don't have content. A lot of them don't have video based content. Right. Um, so we we've, we've got some tools that we've uh, kind of put in place to help them convert their existing food bibles, which kind of every restaurant has that PDF with all their all their ingredients, all their, you know, how to make it information mm. and, and often pictures. We've been converting that for them. So once we've helped with that process and kind of really become part of their day to day, then it's pretty easy. You know, then we're mm. helping them every time they hire someone. They're always thinking about us. We're always there for them. Right. Um, where it is a bit more of a journey is if they start with just the quick tips and trying the quick tips is what we call our, our basic information sure. on the, the Elsmer loggers. Yeah. Um, getting them to convert from that to the paid piece, then it's a little bit more of a longer sales journey because you've kind of half sold them by getting them onto that free thing and giving them a little bit of a taste. Yes. Uh, but you, but then you need to still kind of go back in and, and, and lock them in. But, um, in, in, over the long term, I mean, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the client, we have not lost many clients that have signed up for Spiffy Pro. Yeah, I, I bet you haven't. I mean, I, I seriously, I get the pain point exactly what you're uh, you're addressing and uh, and the methodology by what you're delivering. It really makes it easy for everybody to uh, play in that. But I want to I want to um, reference. I remember it was a tech company that approached us with our restaurant. We had them, um, and it was you know don't worry, we'll look after everything. And then what happens? We need your time to do this. We need your time to do this. And, and after a while, we just threw our hands up and said, no, it's just taking too much time uh, to, to engage. So when it comes to bringing those, their menu items into uh, the Spiffy product, how does that process work so that really minimize that, that time pain, if I could call it for the, uh, for the owners or the operators? Yeah, it's, it's, so it's really easy. So we've built our tech. Um, the way that we built it was before, um, you know, I had dealt with and talked to, you know, hundreds and or thousands of, of restaurants. So when we built it, we were a bit naive in that it's also it's, in that it's all self-serve. So in a perfect world, someone listening to this podcast right now could go to the Spiffy website. They could sign in, they could activate Spiffy Pro and they could start loading up their own modules. It's kind of like I, I often liken it to the at least the authoring tool for quizzes to SurveyMonkey. Yes. You write all your own, write all your own questions, attach an image that'll show up in our feed, which is kind of like an Instagram style feed. Right. Um, and then they attach the video to it for the education. Um, so they could go and do all of that on their own. 
Well, you know, what we've learned is one restaurants don't exactly have a video crew sitting in the back of their restaurant. <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> and, they, and they weren't looking for an additional project. Right. So um, in a lot of cases, so to, to show them how easy it is, um, what we do is we ask restaurants to email us uh, a snippet of their food Bible, send us the ingredients of an item, send us the technique on how to make it, the allergy notes uh, and a photo. Yes. We'll convert that into the first item into a, a demo for you and sit you down and show you how easy it is. If you engage, if you then engage with us, we'll convert the rest of your menu and 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 get that going and live for you. Yes. Um, but for us, it's it's all about just showing them just how easy it can be because the word video content is very very daunting. Yes. So a lot of it, a lot of the it is just sharing our tools with them and showing like, hey, look, like if you can use Snapchat, like you can you can use Spiffy. Yeah. Basically. So so when you say if they engage with you, that's the reference point. You 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 lob them the ball in tennis, and if they push it back to you with you know five or six things that need to be done, then that's enough of a, uh, an indicator to you that you say, okay, I got a client that's, uh, that's going to engage in this, in this technology. Yeah. For us, I mean, you know, you know how a lot of tech companies have, have a price that they charge on a monthly uh-huh. basis, but if you, if you engage for a year, you get a discount. Yeah. So, so we'll do that. We'll say, Hey, you've seen what we can do. Uh, if you're ready to, if you're ready to do this thing, sign up with us, show a bit of a commitment. We'll do the work at no cost, uh, depending on what the, what the work is. We have different tiers, but at a basic level, we'll convert your documents, uh, into spiffy ready documents so that you can add that accountability and have the quizzes attached, uh, at no charge. Yeah. And, and we'll take care of that for them. Perfect. Um, how long have you been in business? Chris, you know what? All week I've been like, yeah, about eighteen. I've been you know about a year and a half, but we're we're coming up on on two years. So I mean, we've been in the app store for a year. We've been building it since the beginning of twenty sixteen. Right on. Uh, launched launched in the app store uh, in the fall of twenty sixteen. So give us some. Uh, this this is an entrepreneurial uh, audience, um, um, and you know, always interested in. It. I always love this world, this startup world. It's really where my sweet spot is. Tell us, uh, you know, give us some some lessons from uh, from Chris. Uh, at Spiffy that you'd say, these are things that I learned along the way that I didn't really know when I started Spiffy. How long do I have? How long do I have? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And we get another coffee. Yeah. Um, so I guess like what I would share and that what, what kind of mm-hmm. led to a lot of our, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say whether we've pivoted because we still remain focused on the same thing. We have changed our model and our approach a few times. Yes. A lot of times based on like, you know, the classic thing of build, build things, build, build stuff people want, build things people want. The, uh, the old Sam Altman thing. Um, that is true. But I think that there should be like a further caveat to that because we had a really interesting comment from uh, one of our advisors here at the DMZ, Dave Hanley. He said, people don't buy things because they're cool. So there's a difference, right? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of things out there that are cool that I want that I don't buy. Right. And a cl- an example I always share, which a lot of people maybe haven't heard of, is a thing called the drill bit. Or sorry, the chill bit. <laughs> the chill bit. The chill bit. Have you ever seen this thing? So you put it on the end of a drill, you put a beer can on it, and you spin the drill in some ice, and it makes a cold incline. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. I don't own it. You're not going right? to buy it, yeah. Like, it's not really that – that's not that big of a pain in my life. And the one time that I need it, I probably <laughs> – my toolbox, right? So, so people – that is something that I want, but it's something that's cool that no one's going to buy. So I think – I think that needs to be adjusted to something a little bit more like either buy something people want enough to pay for, buy something that people can use, want to use and can use. Because an issue for us, since like day one, we've changed, like I said, we've changed our approach. We've changed a lot of things in our product. No one's ever really told us they don't like what we're doing. You and I could go walk into nine or 10 restaurants and they're going to have the same reaction you did. You know, this would help my business. This is important. This is needed. I'll send you the, you know, the list of quotes we have from people who love what we're doing. 
only a third of them are using our product mm. if mm. right because what's most important is understanding like how can they engage with it and if not what do you have to do to make this easy for them yes and in the case of restaurants you have to take all of the work off their plate yes they want yes. they want that benefit but unless you can prove it to them they're not lifting a finger right right so um, I, I think that that, that for us is, you know, if I had understood that on day one, I would have saved us a lot of time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And you know, I've seen, I've seen, uh, situations at companies, uh, that exactly do that. All you have to do, this is this and this. And then of course, the reality of operations gets in the way and get the best technology in the world, but it's not, it's, I just don't have time to do it. So good for you to recognize that within 18 to two years, 18 months to two years, <laughs> I think that's really cool. One, one of the things that you do is uh, you have a subscription base. So do you collect your money, uh, through credit cards, PayPal, uh, through your membership is that how that works yeah we use credit cards we've got a kind of software that'll send you know the recurring invoices and they can set up recurring payments if they'd like yeah and what if they don't what if they don't pay no, yeah that's easy <laughs> click off i mean i guess we could, yeah we could, we could turn it off yeah. um no, we so, haven't had that issue really yet i mean we've got yeah do most of them really. do most of them do recurring payment um you know what? I don't actually know. Like, I, I don't know if I can see that. I know that most of them pay on a regular basis. Yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's ultimately all that I care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. so you've got, you've got, you've got, uh, I mean, you know, cash flow is critical for uh, the success of a business and everybody gets a sense, oh, I've got a great accounts receivable list out there, but that's no good to anybody except for the person that owes you money. So, yeah. uh, so that's why I ask about that subscription based model because a lot of people are getting into it as to whether it's automated which some of them are. Um, so I'm curious as to why you would give somebody the option not to be on recurring. Uh, good question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's just something that it hasn't been a problem for me. So I haven't done, yeah. I haven't even thought about it. It wasn't even a decision that I've made yet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't really know. I mean, so far people have been paying, we have the ability to turn it off Yeah. for us. Like, it's unlikely that they've stopped paying because they flipped to another service. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, totally. Right? So, yeah, I think the only reason uh, they would they would flip off is if they're not using it. Ultimately, that's what it comes into, and that's why uh, that's why you engage them at the level that you do to make sure that they are using it sooner sooner rather than later. Right. If they're not, if they're not using it, if we're not solving a problem for right. them, then I don't I don't want to take their money. Right. Love it. I'd rather. I need to learn from them and then figure out how to get their money again, right? What's the average uh, cost for a restaurant that uh, average, uh, yeah, cost per restaurant that uh, they're paying right now? And I say, let's put it this way: What's the average investment that each restaurant is making right now with your service for their restaurant? The, the average is not much higher than than the fifty. Like the fifty is our minimum, right? Yeah. And the reason for that is is we've had really good engagement with independent restaurants. Yes. And while we you know we're working with a ton of working on, I guess I, maybe I can't say working with yet, uh, a lot of nationwide chains that would, you know, bring our, that average revenue per customer well up. Sure. Um, but as you know, dealing with the bigger clients, there is a lot more that we need to be working on. Those are the ones that we're talking to about like, what are those product add-ons that you need to fit into what you're doing today? Whereas a lot of the independents are ready to go kind of immediately because yeah. we're not breaking any of their other systems. So, yeah, I love it. um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, call it, you know, 60 bucks. 
just under. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I mean, the, I mean the, the the return on the investment is absolutely huge with regards to uh, one time and uh, and two. I'm sure you'd start seeing average revenue uh, per chit uh, start to go up because of that knowledge base that's coming out of your uh, your clients for upsells and so on. So uh, I think that's really brilliant. How do you how do you deal with okay? Rivers had at Rivers works for Chris Chris Restaurant. Uh, he's just left. Uh, so how do you do deal with the transient part of the of the uh of the employees getting access because you charge you charge the base fee and then you charge uh per per um, server correct yep i'm actually i'm glad you asked um (laughs) (laughs) so one thing uh one thing that's unique about us is when you are creating your account on spiffy it's your account yeah so if you're bob if you're bob the bartender and you work at boston pizza and then you move over somebody somewhere else you actually bring your results with you so if you're if you're a server who typically they do move around from time to time um you don't have to take another quiz about how to make a tequila sunrise Uh. like you know how to do it you you bring that result in automatically um which we find cool because in the future we want to use that for hiring Mm -hmm. Um, uh, hiring and staffing, um, as far as like picking shifts and stuff like that is how trained up are these people. Yeah. Um, but we also have some functionality where if uh, we'll flag an employee, uh, if they have not been in the location that they say they work right. or their, their, their patterns don't suggest that they still work there, we'll flag them for that employer and they can be deleted from the system. Yeah. Very cool. Good for you. Well, I mean, it's so simple. And you've obviously created momentum that's allowed you to sell remotely, to support remotely, to uh, uh, continue to grow remotely. And I think that's the key. I, I always say one of my biggest thrills in life as I'm moving forward is to work anywhere, anytime. And I think you've really created that opportunity to uh, to do that model. I mean, you got to look back on it and say, fuck, this is pretty cool. <laughs> it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, now, like, I, I think Toronto has to be for now. I mean, I love Toronto. So Toronto's home for me anyways sure. now. But, um, you know, for me now, as we as we grow a bit of a team and we've got a, you know, a sales guy uh, in the other room here, uh, you know, I, I do feel a little bit tied because I want to be coaching up the team. And yeah. now that there's so much other activity, it's not, you know, it's not just me anymore. Um, you know, it, I do feel a bit tied here, but it's, it's certainly a cool thing that, you know, these days you can start a business that, you know, I could be, I could have been taking this call from, from, you know, my mom's place in Halifax and, yeah. and you wouldn't know. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Do you, do you hang out? You mentioned the DMZ. Do you, is that where you, uh, is that where you hang out? Yeah, we do. We work out of the DMZ. Yeah, it's a regu- it's an amazing organization. They've done a really good job there. Well, Chris, do you have any lasting words for our audience? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I guess uh, one thing I got to say for your people out in New Brunswick is we don't have any restaurants there yet. We got some East Coasters on board, but, uh, you know, we need to, uh, we got to expand our reach into into New Brunswick. So hopefully you've got some readers that are uh, some listeners, sorry, that, uh, that are hearing this. So but, how do they get a hold uh, of you? How do you, if you that, that's a fair, that's a fair ask. We get it. We get our guests asked for things from our audience every now and then. So how do you, how do they get in touch with you? Well, normally I'd have to give the, the info at email, but I'd rather if they're from the East Coast, they reach out to me directly. So I'll give nice. you my email. It, it's uh, Snoyer, S-N-O-Y-E-R, at withspiffy.com, W-I-T-H, spiffy.com. Of course, they can check out the website, which is that same URL, yep. um, or find us on kind of any of the social medias at Let's Get Spiffy. Love it. I love it. You must have a lot of fun with that brand. 
It's fun, yeah. We've got uh, we got some marketing help coming on soon to, to do even more with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Good. Well, I look forward to continue to watching you. Congratulations, and uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, just keep happening, and and let, let's uh, let's keep in touch because I think we'd like to uh, I'd like to keep uh, focused on your journey and learn from it for our listeners. So uh, have a great day, Chris. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks so much, Rivers. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Nadia Hamilton, the founder and president of Magnus Mode, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. How did you get people, how did you get the ROM interested in participating in this? I mean, you just go knocking on doors? Did you get on Facebook? Uh, how did you bring those stories together with, with those individuals? So, Because it wasn't just you. It was a community of, of people that wanted to be able to engage with people, in this case, with autism. Well, I think that what happened was I, I hit a nerve. Ah. So with Magnus Cards, um, you know, we're, we're basically bringing to life a solution to a problem that corporations and organizations have been facing um, with growing public expectation for mm. universal accessibility. It is now not acceptable for somebody to go to an airport with a child with autism or a teen with autism or any age and then that person with autism has a bad experience they have a meltdown or they can't get through the service with comfort and ease it is absolutely not acceptable we as a society um, have the responsibility to accommodate people based on their different needs and abilities it is not the responsibility of the individual to conform and so when public opinion has been shifting over the last couple of years with the raise in the um, increase in awareness around autism yes and um this has become something that corporations and like so banks airports airlines everybody wants to be universally accessible they want to be able to say we have something to support people with special needs as a matter of fact there's a law in canada it's it's called the accessibility for ontarians with disabilities act and that uh states that you must have support tools for people with non-visible disabilities and so it is a requirement and also public opinion if somebody goes into your museum has a bad experience and tweets about it you are suddenly <laughs> the museum that is not autism friendly that right on is absolutely not the kind of publicity you want so there's a bunch of um reasons that corporations were looking for solutions and then when we came into the scene and we had the solution and i basically i, I started calling places that my brother loved to frequent but that he couldn't do on his own. He loves so so obvious, right? Of course, yeah. this is big. Yeah, of course. He, he loves the rum. He loves Toronto Zoo. He loves traveling through the airport. And so I called him and I said, "Look, my brother can't do this, but we have a solution." 
And guess how many people can benefit from this? And guess what the impact is going to be? And so we started working um, on a kind of a um, our first partner actually was CAMH, the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. They created Cardex on Anxiety and Mental Health, which are right. really well used today. And um, and then the ROM, so the Royal Ontario Museum. And then from there, we start getting a bunch of museums, a bunch of libraries, airports. We just actually closed another Canadian airport today. So and we're and now we're in talks with several U.S. airports and other companies. Um, this is quickly becoming a North America-wide movement, and we have the potential to create a global business that changes the way that people live from day to day positively, and that allows people to um, find their place in society and be, be equipped to fully participate when and if they want to.